0: Hi, I'm Rhonda Pick, Managing Editor of Pig Health Today. Joining me is Dr. John Dean, Distinguished Global Professor at the University of Minnesota. Welcome.
1: Thanks very much for the invitation.
0: Great to have you here. We're gonna talk a little bit about uh, technology um, and specifically um, the pork industry has a reputation for embracing technology. Um, What have have you learned as far as uh, opportunities in that area?
1: It's been a subject for a long time for me. Part of my PhD was actually on the subject and I- I
0: A few years ago. A
1: few years ago, um, about 30 years ago. And uh, the topic really surrounded some of the classical education on on technology adoption in agriculture, emphasizing that for agriculture to keep up with the external demands and, and changing environment. we. Keep on needing to adopt new technology, and as you say, the pork industry has been a great example of of a rapidly advancing industry, especially in the in the United States.
0: Is rapidly adopting technology always a good thing?
1: It can be good, but. Um, There's a a risk of doing too much and too quickly without thoroughly examining the technologies. And uh, the other side is being too risk averse and and not getting involved in some of these evaluations.
0: Can you think of a a good example of when maybe the, the park industry has adopted a technology a little too quickly?
1: I've taken the example of weaning age quite often and it's gone back many years. We tried to control many diseases by reducing the weaning age of piglets and and also uh, increasing uh, the productivity of the sow herd. Uh, Unfortunately we didn't examine all aspects throughout the whole pork chain and we found that we overextended that reduction in weaning age.
0: How about a shining, bright, light example where maybe the pork industries embrace the technology early and it's really paid off?
1: I think there's a number of examples. One good example would be all in, all out of production of actually dividing the populations and reducing disease pressure on that basis. What I want to emphasize is that often in research we study our successes and not only in technology adoption, but it extends into marketing as well. But we have to remember our failures as well. My dad used to say that he has done many experiments, but most of them are piled up outside behind the barn.
0: So one of the examples that uh, you give as far as types of errors that occur is maybe jumping the gun and adopting technology a little too early. Um, Would you like to share an example on that front?
1: Yeah, um, uh, the classical research says that there are early adopters of technology that want to try the new things and um, they take risks um, and the risks seem to occur in, in a number of fashions but the, the most common problem tends to be that it may be a good technology but we don't know for whom or, or for when. We have a lot of examples of technologies that have been taken up early and then have failed um, later on uh, when we fully examine them. Uh, and in many cases, we, we adopt technologies based on the idea uh, rather than the experience with them. And someone has to take um, the bull by the horns and, and evaluate these technologies. Sometimes it's through universities, through controlled experiments, but even there, we don't know the full extent how the technology will work under different situations. And so we have examples where it may work on one farm, but not on the next. It may be because of season, weather, genetics, any number of factors that, that actually define the technology to a much smaller part of the pig industry.
0: Another type of error that you talk about uh, would be related to people maybe uh, giving too overly positive of results to maybe validate that they've made a good decision to adopt the technology early. Talk a little bit more about that.
1: Oh, that, that's an age old bias that if we decide to do something, we want to be right. And so early adopters tend to finesse technologies to make them work on their farm. And we also reward people through um, attention, uh, through opportunities to speak on uh, at conferences such as this, if they are um, successful in adopting a new idea. And, um, but often those ideas are biased and it just takes some time and some more critical thinking. Sometimes in terms of um, university projects, we call it blinding that we don't know what the technology is, but it, it's not always possible for some things, such as um, changing weaning age, for instance.
0: What about situations when maybe the technology is good in a certain application, but it just might not match real-world pig production?
1: Exactly, and, and that's, that's a, a criticism of the university, um, that we, um, we, we try hard, but we have limited populations we have rules of production that, that may not always reflect uh, real wor- world production. I used to do um, field trials and I'd emphasize, emphasize that I want to do those studies in, for lack of better terms, hellhole um, uh, areas. If I want to study a disease challenge, I want to study control methods, I need to go into farms where there is a real problem and part of that may be management part of it may be facilities and and we need to work through those areas but it's not always our experimental facilities that have usually better management that may not evaluate the same situations
0: battle tested
1: battle tested exactly
0: how about when we get into situations where maybe uh, we're, we're chasing a very specific production parameter. We've got our eyes locked in on trying to hit this one target and it doesn't really necessarily fit into the larger profitability of the production system.
1: There, there's a few rules in production economics. If you study a, a, and pursue a productivity index, you'll get to the point where you start losing money on that productivity index because you get into a, absurd areas. The second rule is that you're you're often paying for it somewhere else, and so we always need to go to um, a, a examples where we study both the costs of the uh, of of the technology and the benefits. Um, as uh, Dr. Coffey said this morning at, at the uh, at, at his presentation, uh, um, uh, quoting an associate. He said, we know our costs really well. We don't know our benefits as well. And so we're always biased in, in, in our measurements. And we, we need to do more economics and less productivity analysis.
0: When we look at you know evaluating risk and taking risks, what is the, maybe the, the broader context to the industry as a whole when we pursue something too early or, or maybe not soon enough?
1: There, There's two lessons I think that we need to learn here. Number one is that some of those new technologies are, are, extraordinary, and taking advantage of capabilities and computers and cameras and, and the like to be able to understand our farms. And, and they're quite novel and, and we need to take the other um, considerations in, in, into account. The other one is we need to look at old technologies again, and we're going to spend some time on that, that maybe we dropped them too quickly and perhaps the situations have changed. We're going to discuss batch farrowing, which I, uh, I pursued 20, 30 years ago it's in back. practice, <laughs> and it's back, and for very good specific reasons. And we need to take the lessons that we learned 30 years ago and in that institutional memory and, and apply it and, and keep on reevaluating uh, what we're doing. and. and the last lesson is really that we need to share that information uh, an, an industry that is fully independent from each other w- will make the same mistakes independently a- and we need to have a shared vision and a shared evaluation of new technologies, especially when the benefits can, uh, can um, serve the industry as a whole.
0: My final question for you, what are we missing? You know, what would you like to see as you look in your crystal ball a few years in the future? What does, you know, successful adoption of new technology look like? What what would you like to see?
1: That's a very good question. And and I'd apply three rules. Number one is that it's reported, both the successes and the failures. And, And we spend more time on the failures in adoption to be able to learn, uh, learn from, from each other as well. Number two is we put economics against it, that we understand what the benefits are. And uh, I'm not limiting that to benefits to, to the um, producer, but also including benefits to consumers, to society as a whole, and have a more holistic economic model of benefits and costs than sometimes we, we've done in the past. And number three is that there's a group of innovators, of researchers that keep on feeding the system. I worry sometimes that we're losing some of our capability in animal agriculture uh, because of lack of support among research institutions and elsewhere to be able to do some of that novel, novel work.